turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, invested in more. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Roberto Negro. Money investing in more, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Current market conditions, no doubt. We can talk about the sins that people make when it comes to investing. It's great to be good. It's wonderful to be nice. But every now and then we get naughty and we make mistakes. And I think that's one of the bigger things that we need to start figuring out and stop doing. Growing older usually means getting more disciplined financially. Some millennials say they aren't quite there yet. And this isn't just for millennials. I try to do this show for Generation X, a little bit of baby boomers. But I do try to focus on the mistakes that we've made so we can all learn from it and maybe pass some of these ideas on to each other. Nearly one in three millennials say they have spent money budgeted for other things on themselves. Uh Uh-oh. Thou shall not spend thy investment piggy bank, right? They're more than twice as likely to do so than Generation Xers, and they're almost eight times more likely than baby boomers. <clears throat> so there's something called an emergency fund. You're supposed to have somewhere between two to six months of cash in hand that you're going to use in case of an emergency. For instance, and this is, you know, I'm taking this millennial data and I'm extrapolating it onto something else. I'm kind of franking weaning it together, which for the record was a pretty disturbing movie if you're a kid. <laughs> Dog gets hit by a car. Little kid gets upset. He decides to put the dog back together with various parts and such. And uh, it's not a kid's movie, in my opinion. Not a kid's movie. So your emergency money. I just got back from a trip, and I don't know. I don't know if I was just punch drunk from flights. I don't know what it was. But uh, I turned on my TV, and I was like, you look beautiful, TV. Like, the resolution looked good. I mean, I didn't watch TV. I was in a foreign land, and I didn't watch TV. And long story short, my TV looked really crisp. It looked really clear. I was like, whoa, that's pretty nice. Now, every now and then come Super Bowl time, and I see these ads for 55-inch TV, 60-inch TV, 65-inch TV. I'm like, I don't even need that, you know? In hindsight, I have a little bit of a buyer's regret that I got a 50-inch TV last time around, and I maybe a 52, and like it could fit a 55, 57. I would have to take out a wall. I would have to like open up a window to fit anything bigger. But I do every now and then go, I wish I had. I wish I had. And on a vacation on occasion, um, you know, there's a spa that I just saw that um, a 80-minute back rub cost $250. Or $280. It was more than $3 a minute. I'm like, whoa, that ain't cheap. Um, don't fall asleep during that massage, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so nearly one in three millennials say they've spent money budgeted for other things on themselves. And it's basically a sin, in my opinion. So 
in the end, you can't steal from Peter to pay Paul. And I'm not going to get into a religious argument or make you feel guilty about it. But on occasion during Super Bowl season, when I see these big TVs and I hear about my friends, I've got a friend who has a hundred inch TV in his garage and he calls it the Taj or the Taj Mahal or the garage Mahal or something along those lines. And in hindsight, I'm like, okay, so when you're 70 and you're living in a trailer, good luck moving that hundred inch TV into the trailer. Millennials have admitted to other big sins, not only just taking money from their emergency funds and spending it on things like TVs or vacations. One third said they were prone to excessive or frivolous spending. And almost a quarter said they have hidden purchases from a spouse or a partner, a higher rate than the Generation Xers or Boomers. Let's stick with the first one for a second. One third said they were prone to excessive or frivolous spending. Have you ever been, can you hear this late night TV commercial now? Have you ever been prone to excessive or frivolous spending? Do you need help? Yes. 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 I just got a MacBook Pro, and instead of getting just a good MacBook Pro, I got a great MacBook Pro. You have to turn it on like a lawnmower. It's got a pull cord on it. It's awesome. It runs on diesel. It's amazing. When people see it at the gym, they're like, can I, can I, can I touch it? And I'm like, no. Uh, but long story short... Have you ever done an expensive or frivolous spending? I certainly have. When you get a truck and you go, I kind of like the leather seats. Don't leather seats and truck kind of like kind of conflict with one another? Isn't a truck used for like hauling around dirt and mud and building supplies and climbing over mountains and doing manly things? Getting old stinks. I was on vacation. I had my shirt off and someone, someone laughed at my body. I was body shamed, but I digress. Have you, have you ever done anything that was excessive or frivolous? And of course you have. And that's considered a sin in the world of finances. Now, a quarter of people, have you ever hidden purchases from a spouse or a partner? And millennials do it more so than Generation Xers or baby boomers. Now, obviously you can get into the dark, dark, dark side and go, yes, honey, um, I went to Vegas, I went to Reno, and I spent money gambling. I I took money out of our bank account. Sure, there's that. But there's also the the situations where, you know, that are much lighter or much easier, where you just wanted, you know, something new, a new pair of shoes, a new jacket, um, you know, a a nice dress, and you you end up buying like six of them. And you know you're going to return five, but then you return four. So not only does that hit the frivolous, but it also maybe hits something that you're hiding from the other person. There's silly rules out there, and one of the rules is called the 50-20-30, which puts 50% of your income towards essentials like housing, groceries, and debt, 20% towards savings, which is fantastic if you can do it, and 30% towards discretionary purchases and other wants. The problem with this is it runs into the reality world of... 50% into housing, groceries, and debt payments. It doesn't take a rocket scientist, genius, uh, mobile application developer, um, enlightened soul to know that 50% of your income in some parts of the United States isn't real to put into housing. Just housing before you even get in groceries and debt. Because don't forget, when you make a dollar, you know, the federal government goes, we want 25% of that. And then the state government says, we want 10% of that. Social Security is like, we want 5% of that. Um, disability. We, we want to know our percent of that. And then you'd like, you're like, what do I have left? What do I have left? Um, and it's not much. And then there's a sales tax on top of it of anything you spend. So 
50% of your income towards essentials like housing, groceries, and debt payments. And in the Bay Area, across the United States, there's a plague going on right now. And it is a plague. Um, I was recently reviewing my notes for the last year. Toronto housing prices hitting a problem. Vancouver housing prices hitting a problem. London housing prices hitting a problem. Australia prices, uh, housing problems hitting a, uh, housing prices hitting a problem. It's, it's, it's going to be a plague. It is going to be a problem and we're buying at highs right now. It's something we need to be very cautious on because in all of these articles, it says the real estate's growing at 5% in some of these markets, sometimes faster. But incomes are growing at 2% or less in these markets. And in the end, those are the two correlating factors. Yes, you can get some savvy investors. Yes, you can get situations like that. But investors eventually want to turn it into flipping into rents. That ain't going to work either. Hey, everyone, guess who's back? Back again. (laughs) Rob Black is back. Shady's back. Tell a friend. So, yes, yes, yes. Uh, find out more about me at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. I always have seminars coming up. You can always use code radio25 to get in. I've created a monster because nobody wants to see Rob Black no more. I'm back. Shady's back. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. But all my life, I've heard that decisions are much different when you sit behind the desk in the Oval Office. In other words, when you're president of the United States. I'm Rob Black, talking all things right, all things right, all things investing, trying to get you to retirement soon as we can, trying to get you to enjoy your holidays sooner rather than later. Money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Whoa. Tea party, right? Do you remember being a kid and thinking the idea of a tea party? How about a tax reform party? It's been some kind of tax reform party year. You look at 2017, and it's been all about what... Can Trump get through that will stimulate the economy? He's got Congress. He's got enough votes in Congress to get through essentially whatever Republicans want to get through. Only problem is not all the Republicans agree. Barack Obama ran the first same thing in his first two years in office. Could have got through anything he wanted to. But the Democrats were fighting with each other. It's been some kind of tax reform party. That was the year of 2017. Now we have to start thinking what's going to be 2018. Because Wall Street's a discounted mechanism. Wall Street's starting to think June 2018. What sort of tax reform party is it now? Have you ever been to a party where it's pretty good? 20 people are talking to each other. 5 to 10 people leave and the, the music goes from loud to... Let's turn the music down. Let's turn the lights down. Let's go get into there. High-end spirit. Oh, there's no high-end spirits left. What else you got in the liquor cabinet? Mad Dog 2020. You drink enough of it, it'll make you blind. Oh, this party. Oh, it's... Wait, wait. You've got more... 
You got another bite on Mad Dog 2020? This tax reform party's awesome. Oh, you're out of Mad Dog 2020. Do you have any rubbing alcohol or cough syrup? Oh, my, my, my. Oh, I'm gonna pass out. And then you go into this deep slumber. Party's over. You wake up, and you're in a fog, and you have a pounding hangover. And you're like, I wish I was dead. Did I really drink Mad Dog 2020 and rubbing alcohol? You can't handle the truth! Oh, what a morning. I don't feel like there's much to look forward to right now. So, let's try to get the band back together again. Let's try to get everyone back next week. And let's see if we can't recreate this. That's where the Wall Street is right now. There's not enough champagne to go around. We've hit a wall. We are that, that close to a market high. And I just don't feel like there's enough energy in it. I'll keep doing what I have to do. At their highs yesterday, the Dow, Jones Industrial Average, the S&P 500, the S&P mid-cap 400, the NASDAQ composite, the S&P mid-cap 400, the Russell 2000, we're all up. Six, four, three, three, two point seven percent respectively over the last month. It's been a great month. Take a breather. I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> Crack out the rubbing alcohol. Ugh, can you imagine? I was once on a train in Europe and uh after the alcohol ran out, these Europeans <laughs> they cracked they cracked coughs are up. I'm like, no, I, I'm not drinking cough syrup to get to get buzzed. Oh, okay, just this once, I'll do it. Oh, so Congress can't just pack up and go home after the party. They got to go back to work the next day with the hangover. There's still some unfinished business of working out a funding resolution before midnight on Friday to avert a shutdown. All reports say that it should happen, could happen, will happen, with a stopgap resolution that funds through January 19th. Oh. So we got to come back for another party. That's kind of what it comes down to. AT&T and Comcast were quick to announce with the implementation of tax reform that they'll be offering $1,000 bonuses to all their workers and increasing their capital spending plans. Now, AT&T wants to buy Time Warner. Do you think a little bit of this is trying to look good in front of the president? I'm going to wear my sexiest lingerie today, and I'm going to put my hair up in, in, in like, ponytails. That's it. That's AT&T. AT&T, you're pathetic. We see right through this. Instead of giving people a one-time $1,000 bonus, give them a raise. Say all employees get a 4% raise. Wells Fargo announced an increase in its minimum hourly pay rate to $15 an hour from $13.50. Wells Fargo, you've had a bad year, and you're making things a little bit better. Fifth Third Bank Corp is also raising its minimum hourly wage to $15, and it's going to give a $1,000 bonus to more than 13,500 employees. And... Probably tell them sometime next year you're being replaced by a robot. There's three million checkers. There's three million checkers in the United States. People who check people out. Uh, No, no, not check people out. (laughs) Hey, you look good. I know I look good. How do I look? You look good. Um, Checkers, people who are in stores and they, you know, you scan an item and they scan another item and they put it in a bag for you and they say $100. And uh, Walmart said that they're trying to build a checkerless store. Hmm. What do you think is going to happen to those 3 million workers? Hmm. 
Hmm. So it's nice that some companies are giving $1,000 bonuses and such. I get it. I get it. That's nice in the short term. But again, $1,000 bonus doesn't go very far. In terms of the economy, the third estimate for third quarter GDP carried a slight downward revision to 3.2% from 3.3%. As a more complete source of data showed personal consumption expenditures increased less than previously expected. It's fine. This economy's fine. Statistically, we're fine. We're dealing, in my opinion, with tax cuts for corporations positive in the market. And then we're dealing with jobs positive. The auto cycle or the refresh cycle of autos is good, not great. But Houston helped by flooding a lot of vehicles. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Got a big event coming up in January of 2018 in Palo Alto. You can sign up for the Thursday, the 11th event by going to Rob Black Show and using the code RADIO25. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Happy holiday season, so to speak. I guess the worst time of the year. Everyone's panicked. Everyone's stressed. I guess that's okay. So, things that you need to know. Hmm. Magic Leap came out yesterday and showed their smart glasses for the first time. Magic Leap is a company that Google invested in that does augmented reality. I want to say two years ago. I could be wrong. Might have been three. Time flies when you get older. They're pretty cool looking smart glasses. We still don't know a lot about the company. They just showed us what they look like. Um, To say that they look like sunglasses, wait, no. They look like, no. To say that it looks like a big helmet that you put on your head, no, no, no. It's somewhere in between. It's almost like if you... Do you know what cyberpunk is? They're mo- they're, okay, they're more like welding goggles. That's the, what I'm trying to come through. And they're going to integrate computer graphics in the real world, a technology often called augmented reality. And Magic Leap calls it mixed reality. We're going to hear more about this company in the coming years. They've got some about $2 billion so far pump- pumped into this product. So um, I can't really explain it. But let's say you put on the glasses. You might be able to look at your purse and, and then see all six purses right next to it and go, oh, I've got options. And the six purses next to it are all the virtual options. And maybe you might want to buy them or maybe have them in your closet. It's If you could figure out the signal or approximate it, it's going to be pretty cool. And I, I guess the downside of it is to make all this work, there's a little, it's kind of like a Sony Walkman size computer that you, you clip onto your belt. So not only do you have to have the welding goggles on your head with a computer in it and six cameras, but you also have to have something on your hip. And obviously it's the Bluetooth information back and forth. Um, there's a lot of display. There's a lot of interface. There's a lot of audio. There's a lot of sensor technology. Um, Google, Alibaba. And others have invested in the company. The company's based in Florida, which is kind of odd. Um, but that, that was a big story yesterday in the world of tech people. Apple did something that a lot of people don't like. 
um, they told the truth that they actually slow down the older iPhones. No but way. they say that I know it's a conspiracy theory, right? Apple is using a new power management feature to prevent iPhones with older batteries from suddenly shutting off. Apple says it's purposely slowing down older iPhones to encourage customers to buy new. Uh, Apple says it is not purposely slowing down older iPhones to encourage people to buy new models, debunking a popular conspiracy theory. But lithium-ion batteries are supposed to what, last 1,000, 2,000 charges or something. They do run down. Pokemon Go is getting a big update. I know you're saying Pokemon Go. Pikachu! Yes, yes, the company that's pulled in over $4 billion in revenue, the, co- the game. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so they're, they're, they're updating it to take advantage of um, augmented reality cameras and the augmented reality kit that works with iPhone 6S, 7, 8, 10. And uh, it just makes it a little bit more lifelike. And they've added... Um, They've added more characters, Pikachus, or something like that. Pokemons. Crazy, right? Apple's going to merge their iPhone, iPad, Mac apps. So they'll all work together. So if you get Angry Birds on your Mac, it'll look the same on your iPad. It'll work the same on your iPhone. Yeah. Um, UBS. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk Bitcoin. UBS says Bitcoin has all the hallmarks of a bubble, but the bank tells clients to bet on blockchain, the technology underpinning Bitcoin. A lot of people in the financial industry agree with that. Um, UBS position is in line with ING, but other banks are warming up to Bitcoin. So they said, we believe Bitcoin has all the hallmarks of a bubble. High turnover against limited real world use suggests that many buyers are seeking speculative gain. And while the supply of Bitcoins is limited, the broader stock of cryptocurrencies is not, with thousands of potential substitutes. So what, what that means is they're saying not only could there be Bitcoin, there could be Litecoin. There could be Rob Black coin, Chad Burton coin, KDOW coin. And that's a problem. When UBS first warned against cryptocurrencies in October, the market was worth about $175 billion. Now it's worth $600 billion. So you kind of look dumb betting against Bitcoin until you don't. Um, other investment banks have taken a positive position. In Goldman Sachs, they said it's getting harder for institutional investors to ignore cryptocurrencies. Um, Morgan Stanley CEO James Gorman said in September that Bitcoin is more than just a fad. So there's a lot of opinions on this, right? There is a lot of opinions on this. Um, ah, that's not a story. I'm trying to see stories and... I guess this is okay. Um, Long, Island, Long Island iced tea. It's My great, advice right? to you, start drinking heavily. They're ch- they changed the name of their company to take advantage of the crypto craze. This shows you how stupid this is. It's a company that makes drinks, beverages that they put in plastic bottles and they sell at 7-Elevens. So they, Long Island iced tea, uh, simply refreshing lemon, Long Island iced tea, traditional lemonade. Long Island Iced Tea, Raspberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoke a little marijuana, have a little iced tea, you're good. Um, Thank you, Matthew. Matthew McConaughey. He's our um, weed smoker of the show. So whenever we need that opinion, he gives it to us. So Long Island Iced Tea, it's a company, it's a corporation. They changed their name to Long Blockchain Corporation. 
shares rose 238% on this news. That's telling you there's some crazy mania tied towards Bitcoin. This doesn't even make sense. Long Blockchain, whose business has been selling non-alcoholic beverages, says it will now seek to partner with or invest in companies that develop a decentralized ledger known as blockchain. Okay, so today I'm a radio host, and tomorrow I'm going to be a cryptocurrency day trader. You're like, whoa, where did that come from? That's not how it works. As with many recently christened crypto companies... A list that includes former makers of juice, sports bras, and sofas, Long Blockchain so far has little to show for its aspirations. They changed their name to Long Blockchain. That's not I can't make this stuff this up. Works. I can't make this up. You've you want me to sing holiday songs for you? <clears throat> okay, so Trump tax bill. Is that what we're calling it? Um, just a few weeks ago, Wall Street's equity strategies rolled out. There's 2018 forecast. Credit Suisse, Jonathan Gulub. He's their big honcho as far as market calls. He said, I think the market's going to climb to 2875 in 2018. And then the Trump tax money goes through. It goes, now he goes, a couple of days later, 3,000 on the S&P 500. Quote, corporate results have surprised. GDP expectations have improved. And tax rates have fallen. Tax rates have fallen. We'll have a barrel of fun. So Wall Street, I think, can squeeze out one more year. Corporate America will improve. And they're going to have the tax rate party. Uh, While the new effective tax rate remains uncertain, an assumed rate of 21% adds $12 per share to earnings of the S&P 500. City Bank's Tobias Lukovic, I like him. He raised his price target from 2675 to 2800 He's cautious against getting too excited about how tax cuts will hit the bottom line. Each 1% of tax rate decline theoretically adds $2 of earnings to earnings per share of S&P 500 companies. But he thinks a lot of that tax savings will be used um, for competitive strategies and may include price cuts and or more marketing. Thus, it may be presumptuous to say corporations will give it back to shareholders or just eat it up in profits. So... He says the possibility of a blow-off rally, a melt-up, if you were, does exist, but we doubt that a repeat of 1999's exuberance is probable. 1999 was a pretty good year. As Prince would say, tonight we're going to party like it's 1999. (laughs) The excitement around cloud automation, robots, virtualization, cybersecurity, and mobility has been a major part of the near 40% rally in the IT sector this year. And hence, it seems unlikely that another big boost is coming in 2018. The underlying fundamentals are very well known and thus captured in current valuations. So, hmm, he says breath, market breath. The, the width of the market right now is still too strong, and we have yet to see any major divergences in that regard. Second, this tax cut bill did not happen earlier than we thought, didn't happen earlier than we thought, but the cuts are bigger to which we can get us higher in current levels, particularly in the euphoria stage. So, um, do we hit a market top when the bill is announced? Do we go down from here? Who cares? Just be diversified. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. I've got a big seminar coming up on uh, January 11th uh, in Palo Alto at the X Lodge. It's on income and retirement. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show, use code RADIO25. That's RADIO25. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app.
because I'm going to go Christmas caroling, I need to save my voice. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, talk a little tax reform from his morning show this morning. New focus on wealth with CFP Chad Burton. He does it Monday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays typically, but today's Thursday here on AM 1220 KDOW. So should you prepay now any state income taxes that you're going to own next year? The first question that you have to ask is, have you been, get hitting, been getting hit with AMT, alternative minimum tax? It's this alternative bracket that's being calculated in the background on your tax return that takes those deductions away from people anyways, and it always has. So if you've always been getting hit with AMT, this tax law change isn't going to be could be not as bad as you think. Where do you find that? You find the 1040. So on your return, there's a 1040. Top left, you'll look at it. You turn to the second page in line 45 on your 2016 return. Tells you whether or not you paid and have been paying alternative minimum tax. So if that number is there, if there's a number in that AMT tax line, it likely will not benefit you from prepaying, gosh, I cannot talk today, prepaying your state income taxes, all right? So it's not a no-brainer. If you can't get a hold of your CPA because it's so close to the holidays um, and they're so sick of answering the question, um, that, that's, that's how you're going to have to tell. You're going to have to look at line 45 on your 2016 return. And if there's a number in there, an A&T number, then I wouldn't even bother. Um, again, consult a tax advisor before taking any action, but that's an opinion, all right? Now, how do you know if you're going to pay more or less under this new tax package? The next thing you could do is turn a few pages back and look at your Schedule A, which is your itemized deductions, and know that if that number is over $24,000, you're going to pay, you're likely going to pay more. Now, it depends on where your income falls because under the old plan, the 15% bracket hit income between 18000 and 75900 Under the new plan, the 15% bracket becomes a 12% bracket, and you can get a little about $2,000 more. So if you kind of save 3% of about $50,000 of income, um, and then if you're a real high income earner, the 39.6 bracket becomes um, 37%. The 32% bracket is takes over the 33% bracket. So to, for high-income earners to take, a, because there's so much less they're going to be able to deduct on their return, they knocked off a couple percentage points from the bracket. Um, I don't really look at, unless you're just getting this huge benefit from these tax pass-through entities that we talk about later, I don't really look at this as a major tax cut uh, for the wealthy because of the the massive amount of deductions that people lose. The good thing is this, and let's not call it a tax simplification. That's what I was really hoping for, that the Congress would come together and say, we have a, we have a budget problem. We have a long-term debt problem. Let's figure out what we want to prioritize and fix, simplify the tax code, take away um, just uncertainty from businesses and, and get some money back into the U.S. and get some deductions for job creation and grow this economy for real. Now we are, are counting on a tax cut to grow the economy and corporations to follow suit with job creation. Um, it is going to turbocharge this economy. There's no doubt about it. Middle class, lower income are going to pay less in taxes. There's no doubt about it. It is a tax cut. 
And hopefully, it will result in economic growth near 4%, and then it can help the budget issues if Congress gets spending under control, which means, really, you can't cut a lot of expenses. You can't cut Social Security and Medicare. It's not going to happen. We have an aging population. You have to support those programs so that people are not in poverty um, and losing their home because of health care problems. You cannot let that happen. Uh, right now, we have unemployment very, very low, so the issue will be wage inflation. How much wage inflation will we see as a result of this? And wage inflation is going to be good because we have not had it. So hopefully corporations create jobs, pay higher wages, and we all do well. So let's have positive hopes going into 2018. Let's go over some of the other issues in this tax bill. Um, There's no changes in long-term capital gains rates and dividends. So you still have a 0%, 15%, and 20% long-term capital gain rate. and again, the, the tax brackets have changed. It's, it's definitely more complicated. There's no simplification in this process at all. You still, what happens is, because most people in America will not itemize anymore, they'll just get a standard deduction of $24,000. Before, we had a lower standard deduction in personal exemptions. Um, now you have a child tax care credit that can be refundable as well. So basically, some people... I, I I believe, and again, this is all brand new. I haven't digested all of it, but there was already some people that would play the game of the earned income credit and actually stop working at a certain period of the year so they could get a tax refund. And there's a huge portion of the population that doesn't pay any taxes. Um, there's almost an incentive for some people to stop. Like, well, if I make $500 more, if I work in December, all of December, I'll make $500 too much and I won't get the earned income tax credit. So people quit. And then they file out their tax return, get their credit, and then they go back to work. You can't have carrots like that out there for society. Um, so, again, the standard deduction has essentially been doubled. Now, I will say, if, if I've got a client that's retired, and they have Prop 13, extremely low property taxes, okay? And... What I see is when we have even into the six-figure range of income for retirees, if we do the retirement income planning correctly and blend cash and capital gains and IRA and pension income, typically what I'm seeing is about a 6% effective rate at the California state level. So those people, the, the standard deduction... The new standard deduction is likely higher, especially if their mortgage interest rate's so low and they're well into their mortgage anyway, where they're 